and tells us during press conferences that it's a hoax and that it's not serious and the flu is much more dangerous and kills much more people, many more people than COVID-19. And so it's just, I, I'm not gonna say that this is shocking. It's just, it's sad because almost 200,000 people have died in this country since COVID started here or, you know, has had its way in this country because we haven't taken the proper measures um, to be prepared to be able to handle something of this magnitude. But he didn't take responsibility. I don't know if you saw the press conference, but there was a press conference about an hour or so ago. And Trump actually, of course, classic Trump, he blamed Woodward, the journalist, and said that if the information was so damning like he said it was, why didn't he publish it? Why didn't he speak up? But Trump said, that he was just trying to stop panic from taking place in the country and that Cause he, he cares so much. <laughs> he is yes. so caring and compassionate about all the people of this country that he would go to the extent of lying. Right. Don't you to understand how us. much he cares? To protect us and so to that we sure. wouldn't panic. That's a leader right there. <laughs> yeah. Like so that we wanted panic essentially. But no, he also discussed right how it was China's fault. Um, that this even happened in the first place. And sure, this this virus started in China, but essentially he had a word long enough to ensure that he spoke to the leaders in this country, the state leaders, right? The local leaders to ensure that we were well prepared, but we weren't, we weren't well equipped. And, and before I, I throw it over to you, Hero, I got, in, I, I got into a little debate today with a couple of... <laughs> Trump supporters and I really don't like to debate simply because it, it can be draining yeah. and when you talk to people that are set in their ways it's almost like talking to a brick wall so there's really no point in and keeping it going so I kind of like cut <laughs> the debates uh, <laughs> but I, I uh, posted this tweet from um, a CNN correspondent the tweet said in 2016 we heard Trump boast of sexual assault grabbing women some still voted for him in 2020 we heard him acknowledge he knew COVID was deadly, downplayed it. It led to the loss of 190,000 American lives and millions of livelihoods. Some will still vote for him. It's a cult. And I thought it was a very powerful tweet. Mm. And so a Trump supporter said to me, he said most of the deaths were in Democratic run states and cities where the governor sent infected people to nursing homes, yet that's Trump's fault we don't need to find a cure for TDS. And I said to him, I said, you know, my heart goes out to families everywhere who lost someone due to COVID because it is, it's sad. But I said to him, no matter how you look at it, COVID should have never become a partisan issue. Trump, the leader of this country called COVID a hoax, knowing how deadly it could become because Trump downplayed the virus time and time again, state leaders were ill-prepared to deal with this pandemic. And quite a few others who opposed Trump jumped in and discussed how uh, Republican leaders, they also had states, right? Where we saw the highest numbers of COVID deaths. So it, it, it shouldn't even be a democratic or Republican issue. These are Americans we're talking about a hero. This isn't some political problem. This is a humanity issue. And so it's just sad that this is something that we're even debating whether this this virus was real or not if it was some hoax if it was some way to get the democrats in office and it's like people have died and here we have this president 
who is not taking the blame for anything, but shifting the blame to other people once again. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a pastor, you know what I'm saying? I'm just a man of faith, you know what I'm saying? And I walk with that faith and that belief strong in me. And I know that the first thing I think about when I think about the president and all that he says and all the people who say like he was guiding me to, to make these choices or these decisions that I made, I just think about Matthew 15, 14. <laughs> Disregard them. They are blind guides. If a blind man leaves a blind man, both will fall into a pit. And I think about that every time I think about the presidencies. Like if, if we're having these people not deliver to us the type of things that we know are morally true, morally right, morally honest, why do we constantly go back and we listen to what they have to promise us, like the, the future that they have to promise us, or the guys that they have to promise us, and the parameters, they promise we're going to be safe, they promise that we're going to do this and do that, but <laughs> <laughs> we see that the end result, the, the evidence is in the result. All right. what, is the, the, what is the evidence? The evidence is that, yo, they don't care about us. Nope. <laughs> they, like Michael that, Jackson said. Exactly. <laughs> they don't really care about us. You exactly. know it. He was speaking. He was a prophet. You know they say songwriters are prophets. You know what I mean? The prophets of our, our time. So, the way I look at it, yeah, I'm not surprised that he was lying at all. You know, because I've already established that he was lying long before he was pro making promises. You know, he's he's a man who is about himself, um, about his image, about what he looks like, uh, and to his base or whatever they like to call it. And, and I had a word for that, but uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, we'll keep it kosher. <laughs> yes. But you know, it's 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 unfortunate that we have people who still try to shift blame, who still try to point fingers. But all we have to we have to be very conscious that all this is just misdirection. You know, we we spend our time looking at the media, we spend our time looking at the news, CNN, ABC, all these uh, Fox News. They're all the same. It's just misdirection, so that you can't see the truth. And the truth is, no matter who it is, whether it's Democrat or Republican, they have shown and proven time. Cuomo, he sent uh, the the elderly back into their homes, right? So that they, what was he doing? What was the decision making? Who were the people telling him that this was smart and okay? When he knows he's having conversations with Trump about how serious the virus really is, they know it. They've they've said all these things that you know that we need to do to make sure that we stay safe and be protected. But yet you send the elderly. We, we know that they're the most vulnerable. So how is it that you're not taking care of those people, and you don't have to stand for account? You know nobody's making these these people stand for account for their actions. And nobody, still, nobody, because people are supporting him. I mean, there, there's half of the country that's upset, especially the people who have lost family members or loved ones or friends, right, who have died right. from COVID, and they're holding Trump responsible, whether they're Republican or not. I, I've seen Republicans who have lost people, and now they're like, it's your fault, Trump, that my family mm -hmm. member died. But then you have those who haven't been affected, and they believe any and everything Trump said. It, it's funny because Hero, you want to trust your leader. You want to believe in them, right? You want to believe that they have your best interests at heart, but you and I both know time and time again, they prove that they don't because mm -hmm. 
a lot of these leaders, they have their agenda, right? And once they get what they want, it's that. It doesn't matter if you benefit from whatever their platform is, as, as long as they benefit and get what Profit they want to achieve. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as it pertains to Trump, there are just some people, um, and I think we talked about this last time when it comes to the Christians and, and what their motives could possibly be, but it's just so hard because I'm not a Trump supporter, so I'm not in the mind of Trump supporters. But speaking to these people, it just seems like it doesn't matter what he says, they will support him yeah. to the end. And so yeah. he doesn't have to take responsibility because he knows he has a huge base who's going to support him no matter what. Whether, you know, even if he took responsibility here, I still believe those people would be like, oh, look at him. He's being a great leader. Although he's not really responsible for these deaths, China is, and all these other people, look at him. So I feel like either way, it wouldn't matter, to be honest. Yeah, the, and, I, and you make a, a very important point, right, about the, the people who still stand behind him no matter what, even after all of the, this has come out, even like it's like nothing can touch him. But I would say I've seen, I've had these same frustrating conversations with Democrats as well. With, with people who identify as Democrat, right? Because you have a, somebody who's on the other side who has a lot to answer for and has a lot to, to be held accountable for. A lot. <laughs> and just <Yeah>. because, <laughs> and just because, you know what I'm saying, he, he stood up next to some black man who was, um, you know, admired, but still had a lot to answer for himself too. But it was at a time where it just made, it gave us this immense amount of pride that may have been availed in itself but now because of that he doesn't have to answer for his crimes as well we have to take a real good look at ourselves at what we want for our children at what we want for our future we have to take a good look at what we want for a leader because if we don't sit and really have these conversations we're going to keep producing joe biden's we're going to keep producing donald trump because that's what the misdirection is so that you don't sit down and have a real conversation about what it means to be a, a, a good and strong moral leader and an honorable moral leader because we're not having these conversations we keep producing the same thing over and over again and everything goes right over our heads you're so right it, disappointing. you're right it's like we, we we've come to a place where we just accept the two-party system where we just accept what's in our faces as opposed to being the people right these people mm -hmm. are elected because we um there are other things that have been factors in recent <laughs> years but like you say if we really just sit down come together as a community and figure out what we want. How can we all progress? How can we all have equality? Not just black people, right? Not just Asians, Hispanics, or white people, but all of us that live in this country. How can we all have equality? What person running for president, whether they be a third party person, Republican, Democrat, whatever, who can really represent us all and help us to succeed? But you and I both know the way that this country operates equality for all of us is not something that they ever want to happen and so people like for example bernie sanders who has his flaws who mm -hmm. wants that right he had a proposal for that but that can't come to play because the the country the gut shows whoever they will lose out on so much mm -hmm. if all of us had a chance to succeed in this country in the way that we should yeah. uh, i do want to point out something else that that took place uh, with the had with Trump 
it was something interesting where Trump basically talked about how he knew that systemic racism was a thing. At first, Bob, Bob Woodward asked him, hey, you know, you and I are both white and Bob believes in that white privilege is a thing. And he wanted to know if Trump thought that white privilege was a thing. And he said to Bob, you know, you've been drinking the Kool-Aid, buddy, essentially. No, it's not. <laughs> so then Woodward asked him another question and asked him, did he believe systemic racism was a thing? And Trump said, yes. <laughs> and it's like, what? So, you, so <laughs> you're, contra you're contradicting yourself, of course, but also you're acknowledging that systemic racism is a thing. So that means that you're playing the system. And it reminds me, because we know that he's perpetuating this divide even further, this racial divide, but also it made me think, right? We talked about this, you and I, off, uh, mm -hmm. off air, where Trump said that if he ran, he would run as a Republican because Republicans are the dumbest people. And so <laughs> if he knows that systemic racism is a thing- Dang, that man is a genius. Isn't he? Like, he's a genius of genius. For years, that he's intelligent and he's just playing the system. See that if he believes in systemic racism, and he's going around shouting white, and now you see him basically talking to Bob and, and saying that he believes this is real. It's like essentially, what is happening here? It's kind of sick, uh, to say the least. But I mean, that's what's happening and he still has a base. And I have spoken to people who have said to me, they're like, Trump's not a racist. And I'm just like, are you <laughs> Still to this me? day? Is that still, still happening? No, still debated too, where people are on Twitter as well debating. And they're, they're like, no, no, Trump has said he's a racist. And it's just like, um, wow. I, about his racism because it's blatant. Like, yeah. it's, I mean, he, he he supported white power. He supported white supremacists. I mean, he said disgusting things about Hispanics. He said things about black people. I mean, come on, who hasn't he spoken about? Forget just racism, sexism. Like he, it, I mean, the list goes on when it comes to what Trump has been. The shorter list is what he isn't. <laughs> like, so it's just crazy to me that it seems like he really is just playing the system and playing towards his base. I think I think there is there's something to be said here on this issue, right? It's um, white people obviously have more privilege. They have these opportunities that a lot of us don't have, right? And if we had them, we probably wouldn't want to give it up either. It's nice. <laughs> It's a privilege. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's nice not to. It's nice to know that you can go outside and not get shot by a police, or you can go to a store and not get followed. It's nice to know well, that, that must you be have, nice. Yeah, you you can go to college, any college that you want to, or you can get a loan from any bank that you want, just simply because you know the color of your skin says that you have better credit than others, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's. It's a nice life, and I and I know for a fact that if any one of us had it, we would enjoy it too, right? That's why we fight for equality because we want the privilege of, of having that same opportunity. So, I think when white people are are addressed about racism, they have to acknowledge that that privilege that they have is based on the oppression of others, and that would 
it's a pretty hard pill to swallow if that's not how you've been taught your whole life that's not how you've been educated your whole life you know it's changing your whole mentality or how you see the world and it's very hard and very difficult to see it from the other side so if you're telling somebody that trump is racist but they've been benefiting off of the things that trump has has put into place or the system that that put trump into place they've mm -hmm. been benefiting from that so to say that that system is racist or that system is oppressive then white people are just like whoa whoa wait a minute i'm not racist i'm not oppressing you it's automatic in their mind to to deflect and deter whatever you're trying to to educate them on because it's it's something that's so uh it, it's so dependent on how they live right mm -hmm. to, to walk with that mentality is so dependent on how they live to, to to acknowledge something like like that or to take account of something like that is very very difficult very it's almost an impossible task but i know one thing <laughs> with god all things is possible but yes amen <laughs> we got to just keep trying and keep speaking love and, and not hate because from our perspective we we got to understand that this is the this is the, the root issue that we're having to face and if we can discuss what the root issue is then we can start attacking the root issue and not the things not the symptoms right exactly right, right now we're always trying to fight the systems trump the symptoms trump is a symptom he's oh, not sure you know he what i'm saying not he's, not the, he's, like, not the he's, he's not the issue he's not the issue we are dealing with did not start with trump exactly and will not in when he's out of office <laughs> exactly so when we when we can sit down and say yo this is the this is the problem like this is, the problem is perception you know the problem is we don't live the same experiences we don't live in the same reality we don't have the same community we don't have the same struggle all these things like black people as biased as as objectively biased as i can be black people are very exceptional beings because we struggle so much on a daily basis and we're constantly thinking am i going to make it home today is my brother going to make it home today my sister my mother my father going to make it home today and we know and to be aware that they might not simply not buy like some lion snatched them off the truck <laughs> <laughs> or, or some snake bit them on the leg and they're not going to make it it's because all these systems that are in place to make sure that that happens that it's there to destroy us and to have that in your mind every single day and to still be able to, to push forward and try to have a family and try to go to school and educate yourself and to, to to love others to love your friends have a social life smoke some weed whatever you want to do to to relieve your stress that's amazing and to say that we can still walk around I, it is it's apparent that you know we deal with a high level of stress so we go through the we have some of the highest levels of mental illness and mental mm -hmm. sickness but at the same time you know to, to say that even a, a a majority of us has found a way to survive and has found a way and even a minority of us has found a way to thrive that's incredible that's incredible you know so i agree if, if we can come to the table and understand like, yeah we are exceptional beings and it doesn't take hate in order to defeat the hate that is directed toward us it's there's a better way and we can intellectually and, and wisely sit down at a table and figure figure out how are we going to best affect it he likes what i'm saying uh, he does <laughs> then then i think um then we can move toward a better existence and a better future for all of us i'm with you on that one i want to switch gears here yeah and sure. i want us to talk about a pretty disturbing story 
It deals with uh, Daniel Prude. He was killed by law enforcement back in March, but the video of the incident didn't surface until uh, last week. And so in the video, um, you see that Daniel Prude is naked. He's sitting in the street, he's handcuffed, and he has a spit hood over his head because apparently he was like spitting at law enforcement. But uh, just some background story. His brother called the cops because he was acting a bit erratic. And uh, the brother just wanted the cops to do like a wellness check. But he had mental um, issues, mental health issues. And so uh, it was a delicate situation, but uh, the cops detained him, put the spit, hit, spit, spit hood over his head, and he was naked sitting in the street. And he basically suffocated to the, to the point where he was unresponsive, unresponsive, and then a week later, he died. And so after that video surfaced, there were protests that took place where people themselves, they were naked with spit hoods in the street or just protesting uh, normally with signs and calling out Daniel Prude's name, saying Black Lives Matter. And so over the weekend, the attorney general said that she was going to investigate to see what took place back in March. And just this week, the police chief and his entire command basically resigned. The police chief was able to retire because he had been on the force for about 20 years, but um, other members, they resigned over what took place. And I want to tell you, the police chief, it was really upsetting. He resigned or retired simply because he said he felt like with these protests and what's been coming out, um, basically was ruining his reputation and his integrity. And it really kind of like pissed me off simply because- As it should. Daniel Prude, sure, he might have been erratic, but he had mental health issues and that was known. And it was just supposed to be a wellness check. This guy was not supposed to end up dead. And maybe officers don't have the training they should, but that's still no excuse. But they may not have the training they should when it comes to mental health patients. Um, but that's no excuse for why Daniel Prude isn't still alive. But Hero, it really pissed me off that the chief was more worried about his integrity, more worried about his reputation than he was about this guy dying. I know that if I were chief and I had been on the force for 20 years and I had nothing to worry about because I hadn't done any dirt while I was on the force, I wouldn't have cared about my reputation. What I would care about is a loss of life. And mm -hmm. I would try and figure out what went wrong during that call. And I would try and make sure that never happened again. But instead, he retired, and now he's going to be collecting his pension. And I just feel like he tried to, I guess, beat being fired or terminated before the mayor said something to him after an investigation uh, took place. But still, to me, it's a cop-out. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty much a punk move. And I just don't think that's right at all. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you got to congratulate people's audacity <laughs> <You know? laughs> like wow you really really thought you were going to get over on that one right happy audacity <laughs> yeah he just he was like y'all just I, you know it's really going to ruin my image so i'm just going to ride my horse into the sunset and... <laughs> literally <laughs> and not another word about it right, exactly. yeah and not another word about it wow like... you know i I'm happy that he's gone and whoever else went with him. And I hope it continues a trend. Um, your image has already been ruined. 
simply by the existence and its history. Um, so, you know, if people are educated, then simply being educated on where you come from or that system or that um, uh, that that structure, knowing where it comes from ruins this image. It should. And so, because it's never been any better. <laughs> it's never changed right. its purpose. <laughs> so it answers questions that were happening long before we knew any of these names or collected this long list. And so, I mean, I had a situation when, let me see, I think I was about 20 something, 20, 23, 24. This was after Occupy. And I was uh, riding my bike to uh, interview, a job interview. And these cops had pulled me over and stopped me. And it was a cop that had pulled me over on my bike, my bicycle once before um, for riding past the stop sign. It was a whole situation then. So he stops me again. <laughs> you said a bicycle. A bicycle. Yes. Welcome to my life. It's very I'm fantastical. No, yeah, it's apparently not. And so the second time he pulls me over, he's like, hey, Mr. Vincent, Put your hands behind your back. You're going to jail. I said, "Oh, come on! What do you want from me? What do you like? I'm, I'm, I'm dying here. Like, what do you want? I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm riding my bicycle. I've never done it. Put your hands behind your back. You're going to jail." Wow. So he grabs me, pulls me down, pulls his gun out. I'm on. I have my phone in my hand, trying to call my mother. You know. And then uh, his car is parked in the middle of the street, not letting traffic go by. He pulls his gun out, puts it to my back, and says, "If you move again, I'm going to shoot you." So I'm like, wow. Well, I'm, I guess I'm gonna be a statistic. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, this is gonna Jeez. be my day. And so then he calls his backup. I don't know why he does that. Calls his backup. About nine other officers come. Jeez. And they, not and not they, another. Not not one other officer. Nine other officers. About nine officers and what four other cars? You know what I'm saying? So. They, they just brought the whole gang out. They said, cuckoo! <laughs> and the whole team comes out of the woods and the bushes. And they're like, oh, what's up? We got another one. The wow. point is, when the when the officers got finished stringing me out on each car, on each one of their cars, asking me if I have anything sharp in my pockets, knowing that I didn't because the two officers <laughs> beforehand had asked me the same question. And then after they got done trying to choke me out on the edge of their car, they, one of them went into their car, got a rope, and hogtied me. Oh? Hogtied me, pulled me to the back of the car by my neck, took mm. the rope as my, because my hands were in handcuffs, they took the rope as they tied it around my legs, tied it around my arms too, and they put mm. me in the back seat and pulled me by my neck to fit into the car. Jeez. And then they took the rope, they threw it through the window, and they rolled the window up and pulled the rope tight so my legs was elevated and my body was down while my hands was behind my back. The officer came to the other side of the car and he ripped my clothes, ripped all my clothes off and said, this is what you get. And then closed the door and they drove me to jail. <laughs> and this, wow. was the, this was my day, this was it. This happens so often that people don't realize how deep it goes. Mm -hmm. The system isn't broken, it works. It works for a certain amount of people, and that's it. For the rest of us, I'm hoping that this situation that continues to happen, Jacob Blake, uh, Daniel Prue, Brianna Taylor, the list goes too long. Too long, too many names. We shouldn't even know these people's names. <laughs> by, the, by, the, by the glory and the grace and the, the, the mercy of God, I'm here to tell this story. Yeah. 
thank God for that. That's Jeez. it. I'm here to tell the story. By by His mercy only that I'm here to tell. Cause this, I have more stories. <laughs> I'm sure. I have yeah. more stories of similar situations. My 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 hope and my goal is not that we don't need a policing system, right? Is that we can actually sit down and come up with a real alternative that works for people. Cops shouldn't be. You shouldn't have to call the cops for somebody who has that you know is your brother has mental illness. Why do you find that that's the only space that you can call to get help? We need to have a conversation about what we need police for and who can do those jobs. And we start working, not just talk about it, but be about it. Start working toward how do we create these systems? How do we start putting these into place and having these, these alternatives, contracts within our communities so that we don't have to face and have any more of these stories? No more Daniel Proulx, no more Brianna Tellers, no more Hero Vincents, no more whatever. I'm with you. It's funny because a lot of us are a lot of activists, a lot of people like you, a lot of people um, around the country are trying to figure out how to stop these things from happening. Of course, they've mentioned defund the police, um, get rid of the police, and you know have our own policing. But I, I, I think it's interesting and in finding solutions. There are some people that are trying. Um, to make things look good on the surface. And you mentioned Breonna Taylor. She's the cover of Vanity Fair's September issue. Mm. And I I think that's, you know, I, I want to think that that's great, but in the same breath, no. Because she's only on the front cover of Vanity Fair because she was killed by police. Mm -hmm. And what does that really do for anybody that's not justice in any way her officers the officers involved still haven't been charged convicted sentenced whatever for her death justice has not been served it's been months <laughs> a very long time since she was murdered and so um to put that into perspective we had the trump supporter who was killed in portland uh two weekends ago and then four days later the cops were already about to arrest the person who allegedly killed him, and then they ended up killing that guy. Uh, but it didn't take long for them to investigate, and even Trump was putting pressure on law enforcement saying, you're taking way too long. But that's what we need when it comes to, first of all, we shouldn't be getting killed by police or vigilantes or people who wish that they were police in the case of like Trayvon Martin. But if we were to be killed unlawfully, then like the way trump was able to put pressure on the fbi the doj and law enforcement to ensure that whoever killed this trump supporter uh was sentenced he needs to do the same for brianna taylor's mm -hmm. people the mm -hmm. officers who killed her not put her on the cover of vanity fair i mean that's nice because yes in some way it can bring awareness but we already know about brianna taylor how many more celebrities need to wear shirts that say you know arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor like how yeah it makes you question the motive for sure yeah mm -hmm. it's like how many times do we have to have these hashtags how yeah. many I, I I really don't get how long or, or what it's going to take for her cops to to be dealt with in this situation and for the police brutality to stop yes We've been dealing with police brutality forever, it feels like, right? For decades, it's the, probably the beginning 
of when law enforcement was created. And so, and if you know the history of why law enforcement was created, then you would know why there's mm -hmm. a system built the way that it is. Mm -hmm. um, it works. <laughs> right, for them. <laughs> Uh, but as it pertains to the Vanity Fair issue, that kind of just rubs me the wrong way. And it's just like, hey, look, we're doing a little something special, right? We're trying here for Brianna Taylor. We want to be a part of the movement, too, because we want you guys to still buy into Vanity Fair and, mm -hmm. and stuff. Uh, we look at us. Right, <laughs> exactly. It's just like, that's great but why is she on the cover of vanity fair because she was killed by law enforcement yet justice hasn't been served so i'm sure her family couldn't care less about a cover of vanity fair yeah and it's not really like i'm looking at it it just says a beautiful life i mean is nothing okay is it when i look at what is your first thought when you look at this image of the of let the, the let me pull it up again. I, I haven't seen it in a little while. This, I got to say it. It don't it don't really sit right with me. There's like I don't know the color the colors of it just give me this 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 kind of slave 19 uh -oh. 18. I don't I don't know. It doesn't, yes. it doesn't sit right with me. I can see that. I can certainly see that because is what like a drawing of her. Yeah, exactly. It's like one of those old paintings. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, you, if you look at the old lady with, with uh, sitting in the rocking chair and she got the blue dress, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, like she's about I to do. go to church. She's <sighs> just missing a hat. Yeah, that's maybe. It's just I don't. Something about this don't it don't sit right with me. But everything you say, yeah, I concur. Basically, she it's, it's symbolism for the simple-minded. And but what? What's interesting though, it, it like shows her in like a power stance, but also a little sexualized because they have slits in the dress mm, yeah. and it's showing a little bit of cleavage. So I'm a little confused as to what they were trying to portray here. Uh, but this no woman idea. is dead. She's not someone who's out here pushing a movement. She's she's dead because she was killed by law right. enforcement as she slept. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing here? Like, I, I don't know, the more I see this, the more I talk about it, the more it upsets me. Um, because it's not sending the message that it needs to. We don't need another person on a cover of a magazine. We don't mm -hmm. need another hashtag. We need justice to be served in each one of these situations. And we need them to stop. We need police brutality to stop now. I, I, I don't... Yeah, police brutality will stop when we when we stop the police. <laughs> that's what, <laughs> that's what I, I think. You know, it's cause, like I said, the system is not broken. It works, right? We don't, we can't fix it. It's not broken. We we need to the funding the police. I yeah, I'm I'm all for the funding the police, but that's not going to change who works for them. Exactly, it doesn't change the mentality. <laughs> right. Like, it doesn't I'm not change the hiring the police, process. But I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Right. The it, training it, process, it mm -hmm. doesn't change the racism that was yeah. somebody at the age of four, right. like, who's now 22 working on the force. Right. That's not how that works. Right. I hear the call. Yeah. I hear you calling. I'm with the call. If that happens, hey, at least it's, it's, it's like... I sit at the end of the day, like when you're thinking at least it's something, I always tell myself something is just not enough. You know, we mm -hmm. have to go all the way. Why are we just accepting something? You know, we hmm. get twelve hundred dollars uh, for one time. We accept that. That's something. At least it's something. Who cares? That doesn't help anybody. Yeah. There's still so many people who are struggling for months on out. 
we mm. said we didn't fight for more because <laughs> we got something that's mm. the trick that, that's, that's the something trick. that's something there because i don't know that that never even really crossed my mind because there's so much that's going on so um you're right $1,200. Some people didn't get it when they showed I didn't but, get it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I know so many people who didn't get it. Um, but you're right. We became content with mm -hmm. what we received. And some people, it wasn't enough. People couldn't uh, fund their mortgage, fund mm -hmm. their, their car notes, fund mm -hmm. um, when it comes to just their family and paying for food, paying for right. the bills. Everyone has bills. And then when it comes to COVID, some people didn't have health insurance, so like their right. bills are a thousand plus dollars just to get tested. Right. And so $1,200 was not enough for the average American who lost their job unexpectedly because of a virus that could have been prevented. But people should have fought because there were talks of another check coming through a couple of months ago. And people were just like waiting. They're like, all right, let's hope this passes. Wait in, wait in, wait in. But you're right. People should have been out there protesting and pushing because mm -hmm. if they did that, they probably would have gotten another check. Although that still wouldn't have been enough. Right. Because people really needed two checks a month, but <laughs> at least it would have been something else. But it's funny that you say that because we, we do get into that place where we don't, I don't think we know our power. I don't think mm -hmm. all of us know how powerful we can be collectively. Um, as we talked about last week when it came like to the NBA, like there's more of them when it comes to the players than it is the owners. And just like here in this country, it's more of us average folk than it is of the people who are leading this country. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if we, I'm not saying we revolt, but if we protested, if we made a stand, <laughs> they'd have to listen. I mean, what else are they going to do? Right. You know, and you, we, we revolt is such a um, kind of taboo word, I guess, mm -hmm. where we don't, really want to why i don't understand why you know revolt what are we revolting against if you're revolting against oppression if you're re revolting against white supremacy if you're revolting against um a system that's there to to thrive off the um the lives of others i, I think that's a pretty good thing to revolt against i you know think so I mean? yeah so revolting is not off the table for me <laughs> Revol <laughs> revolution revolution is you know that it just means like we need to uh turn this on its head and create something that's better for the people it's not like we'll just destroy 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 revolution destroy i think that the powers that be have fed us this kind of imagery that whenever we utilize the words revolt or um or revolution it's criminalized and criticized to a point mm -hmm. where we can't acknowledge that that's a necessity and that's a need you know we, we we shy away from it because we know what comes with it but at the end we have to ask ourselves what does it mean what do the do the ends justify the means you mm -hmm. know and right now I think what we will be want to accomplish in this world is what we want to accomplish a world of love. We want to accomplish a world of peace and and um, and humbleness and modesty and all these these virtues that people should walk around with on a daily basis, but we don't because we are hurt by all these outside factors, all these external factors that that changed our perception of life and how we should build our walls, our inner walls, our mental walls that prevent us from connecting with each other and those walls are built as a as a side effect of the the systems that wanted you to put up those walls of disconnect 
put up those firewalls so that we don't connect with each other, so that we don't be vulnerable with each other, so that we don't love each other, so that we don't respect each other. When that happens, then we can stay divided. We can remain divided. We don't have real conversations. We don't talk to our, our, our white allies or, or our Indian allies or our, any other race who um, among this country. We don't talk to them and we don't talk about building and organizing the people that are really there trying to cause our destruction. And so when when we can get rid of when we can start having that vulnerability, I think if I think revolution is on the table, you know, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to do. I want to connect with people. I want to be vulnerable with people. I want to love people. And I want to have the freedom to do so right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not looking like we have that. All I can hear in the background playing is the revolution that will not be televised. <laughs> <laughs> it will be live stream. Exactly. I want to um I want to just switch gears here and talk about something that you came across today. I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. This is a big story. Yeah, I mean, we we are talking a lot these days about um what is one of the things that we're facing as organizers, as activists is this this massive uh, grab of data and information on us as people, as individuals, as, as communities, and what are they doing with these these this information, this data? Most of the time, they're selling it off to a, another third party so they can sell us ads. But we also know that um, since 2012, at least, um, you know, the American government has been uh, taking our information, watching us on our cell phones, on our, our computers, or laptops, and collecting all of this data, this video collection, et cetera, et cetera. And they've been spying on American citizens illegally. Um, we know that because it, it's also just come out into the case that uh, the NSA was not legitimately finding all of the terrorists that they, they said they were by, by tracking American citizens or, or, or uh, watching them and, and breaking into their privacy. Um, and so we have this information. This is why Julian Assange is, is, is going to prison. Edward Snowden is, is in Russia. Um, whistleblowers are running all over or disappearing, whatever. And so, and so we're at a time where we have to ask our, these questions of, of what do we do next? Right. And, and we have to be aware of the things that are going into place. Right. So Jeff Bezos, obviously a man who gives no cares about the population. Right. He just cares about how much richer he can get because we know he can take one of them billions and correct so many issues within our society. But what he rather do is hire the former police, uh, the former um, chief uh, of the NSA on, and put them onto the board of Amazon. And so when we think about that, we have to think about what that means for us as people. What are they trying to do? What are they trying to, um, what are they trying to collect this information for? You know, and for me, I, I feel like it's walking a very dangerous line, continuing to, to fund this behavior. You know, we, we buy things from Amazon all the time, especially as black people, especially as people being home all the time. Now we don't have, I know a lot of people don't feel comfortable with going out shopping, going to the store, going to, you know, this and that. And so for my uh, uh, my desire to, to bring this, this topic up is just to encourage people to like look for alternatives, you know, look for black alternatives, look for minority alternatives, look for, for other spaces where we can actually make our communities thrive instead of the rich because we know that there's this massive acquisition of wealth. 
you see the, the the top billionaires, the top 10 billionaires have increased their wealth by what, 30% since the pandemic started? That's insane. That's insane. Never heard of, unheard of. Not even sure yeah. how that's a reality. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is, this isn't surprising, this whole move here that's going on. Um, but I wonder how this is going to affect Amazon's bottom line. Hmm. I wonder, first of all, I don't know how many people know this news. So you may be breaking this news to some of our listeners, hey, to be honest. Hey, um, <laughs> There you go. You heard it here first. And so I feel like once people get wind of this, those who are, I don't want to call them intellectuals, but people who like to question, people who like to know how things operate or, or um, just what's going on, right? Uh, investigate. I wonder how they're going to react um, to this guy now being on the board. I mean, this is a big deal. I know over the years, I've done so many reports on like Rumbas and Alexas and um, mm -hmm. different uh, pieces of technology that uh, it was reported that we're collecting your data that we're also spying on you mm -hmm. and listening to you where there are computers, where the cameras when they're on or Forget that. Usually when you have a computer and you have a uh, you have a camera built in your computer, you can see the green light. But there mm -hmm. have been times where people are able to hack into them and operate them without you knowing. Right. And so I've done these reports where um, there have been programs created to spy on Americans, right? And right. to collect our data and for whatever reason. But the fact that this guy is now working with Amazon, it, it just speaks about whether Amazon really does. Well, I guess we know Amazon doesn't have our mm -hmm. best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. It's really about their bottom line. Um, but it, it, the bigger picture, what is the government doing here? Why isn't a former NSA person working with Amazon? Like, what is going on here? Mind you, um, it's the same guy that lied to Congress under oath that they weren't doing it in the first place. See, and that's that sketch because I feel like he should be behind bars at this point for <laughs> and not working with Amazon. But since that's not the case for whatever reason, um, that's yeah, which means that he they could lie to us now, right? And tell yeah. us, oh no, no, I, I don't do that stuff anymore. Yeah. I'm here to um, just help, you know, Amazon with its, you know, marketing model or something. They can yeah. come up with anything. Really, and, bro? It, <laughs> right, exactly. But it, it's just, it's kind of like scary seeing how some of these things are lining up and who's on the board of what. Um, but for this to be right now we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic although some people may not be mm -hmm. living their lives like we are mm -hmm. um a lot of us are ordering things off of amazon because you know we can usually get these things faster especially if we have amazon prime um and it's better than going out and buying things and risking our lives and so the fact that more of us are using amazon more than we ever have and now this guy is on board i really want to know what this means for our future and for our security for our privacy um, well, as it comes to being a consumer well it feels like george orwell was right um <laughs> he was right about a lot he was right about a lot of things and it's it's time that we really really pay close attention and i know look i'm not i i, I I like conspiracies, 
you know, and I know that they exist simply because they do, and we've seen so many of them come out. I mean, we have Jeffrey Epstein, you know, I, I, I'm going to bring his name up as many times as I can <laughs> <laughs> until we solve this issue. But we, we, we've we been talking about so many different conspiracies, at least, at least in my, my universe and, and realm for like the last 10 years. I've heard so much uh, different things when it happened. I never really talked about it because, you know, you can't, you have no proof. You know what I mean? You have you can't really say like, oh, there's a there's an underground pedophile ring uh, going on, and all these celebrities and politicians are are you know are stealing children and this and that. People look at you like you're crazy, and you've lost all credibility <laughs> to speak to them tomorrow. You know the relationship is over. But now, here we are, and everything has changed. So my desire is not to like create more and more conspiracy theories it's more just a point let's let's be logical and point and ask questions where there should be you know and if we're not getting the right answer back or we're not getting a legitimate answer back or valid reason that things like this is happening just simply ask the question why is why is he on the board what what skills does he have i think we as people should know when this person was already lying and, and shown to be lying to us uh, about all the things that they were working on in the past. So, as American people, we should demand these things when they have such influence influence over our lives. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, and that's I, true. I, I want to think about what, what, what... I know that you said we were having a conversation where we really didn't really delve into it, um, but you said Portland was doing something interesting to attack... Uh, to, oh, yeah, to so counteract Portland. this... So just recently, Portland um, put into place ordinances that will stop public and private companies, including the government, from being able to use facial recognition, which is so important because, Hero, over the last few years, there have been companies um, and even law enforcement that uh, put facial recognition into place, but it was proven that racial recognition was pretty racist and discriminated <laughs> no. against minorities. Uh, right, right. Who made it? You know, who created like, really? it? Right. Tell me who created right. it. Exactly. Was it white people? Exactly. <laughs> and so basically there were times when um, the facial recognition software would see a black person, but then translate that information and, and make it seem like that person had been a past criminal. Mm -hmm. or a felon or done something wrong and that person actually wasn't and they were you know just living their best life um <laughs> also like the facial rec recognition software was used on congress people uh, congresswomen and men black people and when that information came back those people were not the congressmen and women we know it ended up being mm -hmm. the felons or people who had obviously committed crimes of some sort or been accused of committing crimes and it was just, it was sad to see um, that that's what the facial recognition software was doing. Obviously, it, it seemed to have worked fine with, you know, people of the lighter complexion. Um, and when I say lighter complexion, white people. <laughs> but it's, when it came to minorities, it was a fail and it essentially was endangering minorities. And so I think what Portland did uh, was a really huge move. And I think this was just simply an awake of all the protests that have been taking place and the Portland mayor is fed up with Trump and um, 
and blames Trump for the reason why the Trump supporter was killed, blames Trump for the reason why the protests are taking place. Essentially, he's like, all you have to do is say these people's names, the people who have died at the hands of law enforcement. These protests won't even be taking place. If you held these law enforcement accountable, these protests wouldn't be taking place. He said, and, and the mayor, he's white, and he's, he said um, to Trump, he said, you're the reason for this division right now. You are creating more of a division in this country. And so for Portland to turn around and do this with the facial recognition, this is in line with what the mayor has been saying and other um, local officials. Like they're trying to bring about change. They don't want to see more divide. They want to heal their communities. They want minorities to feel welcome. They, they want to move forward and progress as we should as humans not go back to where we were in the beginning, slavery or even the 50s or the 60s, Jim Crow, like they don't want that. Um, and so by doing this, this is one of the, I think this is the strictest law when it comes to uh, facial recognition that's been created in this country so far. So I think that's actually beautiful and I commend Portland for making such a um, bold statement with this. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm curious now a little bit as to what other states and cities are trying to implement this or have already. I, I think, think there were a couple. Um, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think there might have been two or three other cities um, that have cracked down on surveillance, but not in this manner. Okay, so this was the first place to go this deep? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, it's the first of many, many more to try, I'm sure. I think so. I feel like <laughs> other cities are going to follow soon. I think that would be the smartest move um, if they want their citizens to trust them, you know, if they want to move forward. Because the last thing we need is surveillance. Nobody wants to be spied on. We don't want to feel like big brothers out there watching us. I mean, we already feel that way, but we don't, we don't need any, any more I was going to say. Right, no, we don't need any more reason. Um, for that to be a thing and so i mean with all this that's going on in this country people we need a break we yeah. need some sort of reprieve we need to feel hope we need to know that life is moving in the more positive direction because for a lot of people 2020 has been a bust yeah i think we need a guaranteed trip to hawaii oh my god that should gosh. be in the next uh, stimulus package uh everybody yes. you, if we look people if we stand together <laughs> we put our hands in each other's hands and we march down that road and With we on, but yes. Sorry, and we demand <laughs> the things that we need the most. We can. Yes, uh yes, we can. Yes, I be we can <laughs> I believe that we can make it to Hawaii, people. I believe it with my whole heart. <laughs> if we demand it, they'll give it. But I, if we I don't <laughs> I think so. I think so. All black I, people, let's do the march first. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. I um. <laughs> I think we should end it here. This is a very good conversation. I do hope, um, hero, moving yeah. forward. And I mean, dude, we're a matter of weeks away from this november election yes. and every week it gets crazier and crazier as we know 
In 2020, every week has escalated. Every week has trumped the week prior. And it's so, I, I don't like to use the word Trump, but no. Um, so, it's been banished from your vocabulary. Oh my gosh, it should be. It should be. I should replace it with something. Um, but overshadowed by, you know, the week before. And essentially, um, I just hope that things get better. I My prayer for this country is that somehow the employment rate gets better, that jobs open back up so that people can pay for necessities. They can pay for their water bill, their electric bill. They can eat, you know, do things that they used to, simple things, basic things, um, in order to exist um, mm -hmm. in a country that's supposed to be the land of the free and the place where we're all supposed to be successful and thriving. But Happy I do cup. hope, <laughs> right. <laughs> but I do hope that, um, we can land back on our feet. I do hope eventually that COVID leaves and makes a hasty exit from this country. And I just pray that God heals the hearts of those of us who have been scarred by the police brutality that's taking place, scarred by the racism, scarred by the things that Trump has said and things that he's fueled, um, the division that's happening in this country and the hopelessness that seems to be hanging over this country. I just hope that God can instill joy in all of our lives and, and just kind of repair what's been broken. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I think that, you know, as people, what our, our best job and our best mission to do is to be in service to each other and, and find out how we can best as individuals do so. So, you know, being compassionate also means being passionate, you know, and in order to do that, be passionate about who you are as a person and what, what God essentially has made you to be. He's given all of us some sort of talent and gift. And the beauty of life is discovering what that is and then giving it in service to others so that we can and be together and uplift each other as a community, as one. Because that's really all of our purpose has ever been. And the, 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 the divide right now comes from the fact that we're not using our gifts and abilities and our talents and our skills to thrive for, for, with each other we're using it to make a certain percentage a very small percentage thrive and so now that shift has to come back to us and so i believe it will you know if we if we remain passionate and compassionate and we fight for what we believe in we can get there i'm with you on that all right we're gonna end it on that note hero it's always a pleasure absolutely this podcast with you guys you are listening to speak free if you have any questions concerns you want to join us if there are any topics you think we should talk about please hit me up on instagram at ashley a-s-h-l-e-e -E and banks um you can find me instagram twitter or facebook at that handle and hero how can they keep in touch with you at the at the black caucus movement black dot caucus dot movement on instagram at the underscore rebel underscore vincent on instagram that's how you can get directly in touch with me you can also hit us up on twitter at black caucus movement and please donate to our patreon our venmo at black caucus movement thank you everybody be blessed for sure peace Awesome.